Welcome to the Exploring Healing Arts podcast, your go-to source for learning about different healing techniques and meeting exceptional healing arts practitioners from around the globe. Together, we explore where the physical meets the subtle, the possibilities that exist for healing, and a diverse array of methods to try, from acupuncture to yin yoga and Reiki to family constellation therapy. My name is Elizabeth Alexander. I am the creator and curator behind this podcast, a Reiki master and energy healing practitioner. This podcast is something I have dreamed of for many, many moons, and my intention is to birth the resource I wish I had had at the start of my own healing arts journey over a decade ago. Whether you are just getting started on your own journey or you are intentionally diving deeper into a healing arts practice, this podcast is the place for you. You will hear inspiring stories, get real life practical tips, and connect with exceptional practitioners and teachers from around the world. No two paths in healing are the same, but that does not mean you need to be alone. Join us to explore and experience healing together. On this episode of the Exploring Healing Arts podcast, we have a teacher, a colleague, a friend of mine. We have yet to met in person, but we have interfaced a lot on phone and on FaceTime and on Zoom during the pandemic. Join me in welcoming Heather McCall. Heather is an alternative health practitioner based in Los Angeles, California. She comes from an array of teachings, including energy work, kinesiology, muscle testing, dowsing, master Reiki techniques, and more. These different modality experiences and trainings have led her to a healing approach that is both flexible and collaborative. Heather works with animals, peoples, and spaces across the United States and Europe. Welcome, Heather. Thanks for being here today. Oh, gosh, it's very exciting. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. So as I mentioned, Heather and I have known each other for a few years. And even though we've only been miles away from each other at points in time, we've been able to interface mostly um, online, which is great. And our connection point is actually a common client that we have. Mm -hmm. So shout out to her. She knows who she is. (laughs) And she gave a little blessing for this episode. I know I was training her on the fitness side of things and you were doing energy work with her. And she was like, you know, I feel like I need to introduce you to Heather. I feel like you would love her. (laughs) Oh, God bless her. Uh, Amazing. Uh, We've had such a good time together. And isn't it interesting with all the shift into remote uh, awareness of energy that it almost feels like we've met in person. It does. Like I'm, I'm excited for when it actually does happen, but I do feel like we've had so many touch points that we, you know, at some point had met in person before. So I know, you know, you work remotely and you work with people all across, you know, the United States and Europe, around the world. Where are you located physically? Like where, where do you have your roots right now? So I am currently in, in LA, like you said, I'm on the West side. I'm in Mar Vista, if anyone knows Mar Vista. And yes, so that's physically where I am. Energetically, you know, I'm doing a long distance travel every day. So out to other fields, uh, galaxies, whatever it is. So yeah, but physically, my feet are in Los Angeles. 
Love that. And what is your ancestry? Where are your roots? Are you native Los Angeles or where are you, where's your family from? It's, it's Irish Scottish background and uh, some German in there. So it's kind of European. Um, and I don't, I don't really respond to the Irish Scotch so much. I mean, I do, I do a little bit, but really what I energetically felt was growing up in Europe that there was something missing from my system. And so I really responded to the California. My family were first-generation Californians. Cool. So that was really the pull for me. So I couldn't really feel the Irish Scots bit, but I could really feel the California energy field. I love that. So take us through your journey in the healing arts. I know you've been working in the healing arts for a couple decades now, but at one point you were doing something different, right? And how did your journey start? (laughs) Yes, I guess that's a big part of my story is that I tussled with it for a long time. You know, I, I think I had very early on access to spirit so I, I remember there being like a female guardian that turned up when I was very, very young. And I remember really soaking that in and she helped for a long time. And then there was a kind of a disappearance. But I think that's my gateway is spirit, archangels, that sort of field. Mm-hmm. And then um, I had this depression when I was in my mid-20s that really took me under. And in retrospect, I think a lot of it was also lineage related. So I was kind of muscling my way through that. I was in England, so the attitude was very much pull up your socks, get on with it, stopping such a wussy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I found a body worker whose name is Madison King, and she had just started training with Donna Eden. She was one of Donna Eden's first people in in Donna Eden's hub as Donna was just beginning to kind of get clear about how she was going to present the energy work to the world. And so I got to be kind of Madison's guinea pig with energy exercises, daily energy exercises, what meridians were, what chakras were. And that was kind of my opening. The depression kind of moved through pretty quick after that. And that was kind of like the start for me. I then went into a different direction. I kind of held on to pieces of it, but not fully. And then I had a brother that died when I was 31. And that was really what kind of um, really... Um, encouraged me to let go of some thoughts of who I was that were different than what my journey was going to be. And um, I got deep into working on trauma in the body, listening to the system. So that's kind of where it started. And then the move to LA was really about saying yes to it and stepping into it fully. And even then, it didn't come easily. I come from a very intellectual family, very artistic intellectual family. And so um, I was doing my best to avoid what was the truth of the matter, which is really that I'm a spiritual being that's, you know, gifted with moving energy. So once I really just held space for it, then my world took off and changed. I love that. Do you have any stories Gosh, about, you know, you're a spiritual being who is gifted with moving energy. Do you have like any experiences that you can recollect from maybe those first days that were just like 
you're like, wow, or they were like really affirming, you were like, this actually works, or I'm, you know, there's something to this that kind of surprised you that you could share? Sure. I mean, the irony is that I worked with people for a long time before that actually happened. Um, I could feel it physically, but I just couldn't integrate it into just being able to see or really trust it. And it was really the animals for me that were just such a beautiful training ground because they're so open and accessible and their communication is big. So I've been working in an art gallery and I thought, you know, this is, this is an acceptable thing for me to be doing. Yeah, totally. And, <laughs> and I had a had a very intuitive boss and she came up to me one day and she said, Heather, I have a cat that's just been hit by a car and he can't see and he can't hear and you've got to come over and help him. And I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) She said, please, I know you can do it. And she just said it was such, um, she just knew, she just knew. And so I remember driving over there going, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. And she said, I'm going to leave you alone with the cat for a while. And I was like, you don't have to go. It's all right. And she said, yes, I do. So she walked out. She left me in the garden with this cat. And by the end of that hour and a half, something, I mean, my whole universe had shifted, really. The cat was so good at communicating, of letting me know where he needed help. And I, 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 just, I just walked into a different dimension that afternoon. Wow. And you haven't looked back. <laughs> no. no. And from then on, I just, I would volunteer on any animal I could find. I mean, I was practically stopping people on the street saying, would you mind if I just did something on the tail end of your cat or your dog or your horse or whatever it was? And I had a, a very wise, she's still in my life, very wise mentor, a healer who, who's really is just the most extraordinary human being and and she just fully helped me to just stay in the in in this process of discovering what it feels like to work with energy and she encouraged me to work on any animal and very soon after that you know how it is when you find yourself in the right space and time and doing the right thing I got given the opportunity of working on a farm wow overseeing a farm for I think it was three over three weeks and I'd never looked after farm animals before so suddenly I was in this farm looking after pigs rattlesnakes donkeys horses chickens mice wow her own dogs you know, it got to the point where I would go to the supermarket and I think the humans were so weird, but the animals <laughs> I could really hear clearly, you know. <laughs> and they would let me know if something I was doing intuitively because it is, it, it's just, if you can just start to have play with it, with the energy fields, it's really helpful. So, you know, I would do a simple, you know, tracing a meridian on a pig's back, you know, and then. Uh, you know, like the governing meridian and the, and the pig turning and saying, mm-hmm, that was good. I liked it. You know? <laughs> so it sounds bonkers, but I got really safe affirmation from that environment. And the day that um, job ended was my, I got my first paid um, session with an animal. Wow. So, 
Thank yeah. goodness for all the cats and all the farm animals. <laughs> I know you, you, Heather had helped Lulu a lot when Heather, when Lulu was still alive yeah. in this dimension. Yeah. And yeah, we were really appreciative of your work and just grateful for all of your animal teachers. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned, you know, some of your mentors and teachers and some of the, you know, guideposts on your path. I know you come from an array of teachings. You've done some work under uh, Donna Eden's Energy Medicine, I think. Yes, under Matt, yes, through Madison King. Um, and then I, yes, I got my Reiki um, mastership very early on after my brother died. So that was kind of like something that happened first on the list. Again, that wasn't something that was planned. These things fall in. You know, I was going to my acupuncturist and he said, I'm going to give you your first initiation in Reiki today. I just thought I'd do it. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I don't know what that means, but okay. <laughs> he did it. And then I had a friend come over for dinner and she had terrible backache. And I was like, okay, let me just try this. And I put my hands on her and she came then every day for seven days, she got <laughs> she got so much out of it. Wow. So then, you know, the Reiki was a big part, uh, even though it's kind of a mixed bag of nuts. What I do now, it's it's always there, yeah. And then, the, you know, I don't know. There's just so many things to learn from, and I just love picking up. You know, even even recently, I just got very excited about the um, tuning forks, mm -hmm. you know, from, we'll have to go back and find the name, but yeah, the vibration of the tuning forks was, is just been an incredible addition to the work. I love that working with sound and because sound really is one of my favorite examples for, you know, bridging the physical and the subtle, right? Because it, it works on a subtle level, but people understand sound as a vibration. That's right. And ultimately, energy, yeah, energy is anything that vibrates, information that vibrates, and sound is just such a great starting point for exploring both the physical and the subtle. Right. So along your path, I know you've, you know, you've had moments where you're like, what the heck am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I don't know what that means. Like, have you, have there been any fears? And like, what did you do to overcome them or move through them? Oh, my gosh, please. Um, yes. Slowing down and having access to the quiet in order to figure out where the panic is in the body. That's where I try and go to. So even if it's just putting your your palm with all these amazing energetic hubs and these fingertips on your heart and taking a breath between the the hand and the heart surface finding out where the heart energy is you know if there's panic you usually have to kind of take a breath to recenter and then from there just tracking the energy in the body where is the fear what is it saying and let it speak you know mm -hmm. That conversation is vital. I think the conversation with the panic is, is, is the gateway, really. And also, for me, it's taking the insistence off that it needs to be fixed. And that I need to find, that I need to work on over and over and over. And it's what I teach, but it's also personally, you know, the tendency to want to get it mended right off the bat is 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 just going to make it last longer really so 
slowing down. And yes, freaking out, absolutely, sure. You know, the intensity may not be as big as it was at the beginning of, you know, when I started. Yeah. Things, you know, I remember, you know, something as simple as uh, working on a mail, you know, because of my own personal history, it would bring up so much that I would have to really slow the session down, really be aware that I was also having to release anything that was coming up for myself into the ground and to know that, oh, this was this is going to take a while, you know. Important not to bypass those signals. It's part of your own healing, and that doesn't stop. No. Really. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't. So anyone that has fears or, you know, struggles coming up, it doesn't go away, but no, slowing down and being with it is helpful. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, like... Even the other day with the energy that's been happening recently, uh, it's, it's brought up a lot of really deep healing for people. So I, I'm definitely included in that. Mm-hmm. You wake up and you think, wow, something's really on the rise to be looked at and released. And where, where in the middle of the night did that come from? <laughs> it's amazing. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Always room to learn and grow. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, you know, in that process, right, fears come up. And sometimes there's a process of discerning, is this my fear? Is this not my fear? Is this something I'm entangled in? And I know something that I've personally, you know, worked on with you is uh, clearing. Right. So can you tell us a little bit about like, what a clearing entails and how you, how might somebody know when they need a clearing? Right. Okay. So I start with telling you that it could be a myriad of different things. This is not going to be helpful, but I'm just going <laughs> to give an idea. This could be as simple as a headache. This could be as simple as a slight pain behind your eye. This could be a massive depression. This could be. Uh, just this feeling of walking in a fog. This could be unhappiness. It could be just that you're not comfortable in your body. Uh, it could just be a hunch. Like uh, it really is varying. When you start to clear yourself on a regular basis, you become aware of energy being able to flow really easily. So it's just a matter of tuning in and practicing. Mm-hmm. So the breath, I say just, just like that. It's breath work, it's awareness, it's scanning the body, it's asking yourself where you're holding energy. And then when you get into the pattern of clearing it, you start to realize, oh, this is what it feels like to not be carrying energy that's not mine. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of very sensitive people out there that don't know that they are sensitive And somehow they find themselves on their way to me. And my job is to remind them who they are and how to clear. So I forgot what your question was. You see, it's just gone off the top of my head. Oh, no, you're doing great. (laughs) What were the signs that people like might need a clearing? Like, and I I know for me, it's become a point where it's just like a hunch. I'm like, okay, I've gone through my list of like, you know, breath work, my clearing things. And I'm like still feeling a certain way. And I'm like, all right, I I need a little bit of extra support. I think the answer to the question is when you start to do the clearing exercises, whatever those may be, because there's thousands and thousands and thousands of them. 
How do you feel after? And if you feel better, then that's a clue that there was something external on you. Mm -hmm. And kind of tying this back to your, you know, your point of like sitting with fear and not necessarily bypassing and also not trying to fix anything. Mm -hmm. How can people discern, you know, what would your recommendations be for discerning? Like, am I bypassing by asking for help or, or, you know, how to navigate that path. I know it looks different for different people and it can look different in different walks of life, but do you have any recommendations for building, you know, discerning between bypassing and when you actually might need some extra support? So that's a really good question. Well, I'll take you through an example of what, what might occur. Perfect. So if you wake up and let's say, you're let's say you've been to a, a party the night before and you wake up feeling just yuck and you didn't drink, you didn't smoke weed, like you know it's not any of those things. I've been there. <laughs> I have been there one hundred percent. I'm like, yeah. I had water, I should not be feeling hungover, and yet I feel hungover. <laughs> what the hell's going on here? Yeah. So, so then But let's also say that you're in an emotional transition. And so there's a lot of movement happening. So what's the difference? Like, did I pick something up or is this mine? So first things first is tuning in. Uh, You you just, you can't bypass that. You you can't make a decision with your head. You've got to physically be able to tune in. That means slowing down. That means tuning into the body's realm and just getting a sense of, wow, my body really wants to speak about this or this. So it may be some processing that you need to do that came up. If none of that is clicking in, then maybe you're looking to clearing something that externally you picked up. So you take the time to figure out what's happening. If you're confused, then I would do some energy exercises around, you know, there's lots of good things about just interlacing your hands and clicking them to the heart and doing some energy exercises that kind of uncross your energy field. Mm -hmm. And then I would start some clearing exercises, whether it's scissoring, whether it's setting a shower to clear you energetically and then walking into the shower. I would look at it from that standpoint and see if that creates a shift. And sometimes um, clearing energy should feel pretty good pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. So... If it's not feeling good, then it may be an undercurrent of something that's still processing in you that needs releasing. Yeah. Uh, another one of my techniques that I might share is just that nature is a natural oh, yes. clear. Well, yes. <laughs> you know? So if you go out, you go for a swim in an ocean or a river or a lake, or you go in a forest and you come out yes. and you're still feeling kind of funky. <laughs> right. Then something else is happening. That's yeah. right. Perfect. Yeah. So if someone has gone through that process, right, they've, they've gone out in nature, they've done their own clearing techniques, they're still feeling a little funky, like there's just something that they can't quite shake off. Yeah. What is happening when they come to you for a clearing? Like, how would you describe it? So they turn up and so they take me through what's occurred. I look at their energy field. I get a sense immediately of what's happening. You know, I, I've, I've set the space to get information before they've arrived, obviously. And then um, I can muscle test certain things uh, that they might have picked up. I can douse certain things. Usually I use a pendulum 
Sometimes I don't need anything at all. Sometimes it's very clear. And um, so then I, it's, it will be an intuitive process. I might use some copper. I might use some copper from Twisted Sage. Um, I'm going to start with balancing the chakra system and getting the meridians moving because I feel if you're doing a clearing, you need to get the field moving properly from head to toe. So I'll do that, and I'll just try and quiet the heart, and then we'll start to clear whatever energies are there. So it, sometimes I will muscle test which area of the body I need to move into. Right now at this point, how I'm working is it's, it's pretty clear where I'm going. And I'll just move there. And then I'll start to ask for help. If it's really dark and nasty, I'll start to ask for some spirit help. So I'll call in specific guides to me. And I'll do that either silently or verbally, depending on who's on the table. I'll pull that in. I'll ask the client to set up their own grounding cord and release. And then I'll start pulling the energy out a bit like taffy. I might use some Reiki symbols, but I might not. And it's literally a dance and an insistence of clearing. Now, not everything needs to be cleared out of the body, even energy that you've picked up. Mm -hmm. not, not everything needs to be cleared. So I'll just get a sense of what needs to be cleared will be cleared and what isn't will, will stay there. Sometimes there's a lot of prayer that's put into it. It's always done with a lot of love. That seems to be the thing that really allows it to happen. Yeah, I just, you know, if, we're, if we move into talking about chords, you know, I, I will often say this, that people like to armor up you know, like put on a coat of armor and get at their sword and cut that cord and and burn it and whatever, tug at it. And the images are so... Yeah, violent. Violent. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just, I don't relate to that at all. So a gentle pulling is what I do with a lot of love and grace. You ask for a lot of light and there's a lot of breath work too. Like it varies according to what it is. And then you'll retest and retest and make sure that it's, it's stabilized. And um, the person may not feel anything for 24 hours, and they, they, they may feel a lift off. Sometimes they won't feel anything at all, though that is rare. The idea is that you start to experience some space, some relief, some space in the body, um, a feeling of lightness, um, a, a feeling of openness, gratefulness, like a relief. Yeah. I find I, I always start breathing better yeah. after a clearing, you know, like just, it's a somatic response. It's like somewhere there was like a contraction and a holding and with the release and with the lightness that comes in, there's just the breath seems to signal <laughs> that there's, right. you know, some movement as well. <laughs> yes, that's right. Perfect. That's right. So I'm big on energy hygiene. Like, how would you compare or contrast or like relate energy clearing to energetic hygiene? Like, is it a part of it? Is it something different completely? Yes. Oh, yes. I mean, energy is energy. So it is absolutely connected for sure. I like the maintenance. Let's say you get a clearing. I like the maintenance of hygiene maintenance, like I energetic maintenance. I, uh, to me, that would be um, <clears throat> setting a shower to clear you using water, you know, whatever it is, whatever your, your method is. Um, I think energy clearing is a kind of a deeper 
it's a it's a deeper one-off ex- not one-off but it's a it's a deeper experience that you're going to need occasionally if you're sensitive it's not it's an everyday thing yeah are there some i know for me i've i've typically done energy clearings more at transition points right if i'm transitioning out of a relationship or a home are there times that are like particularly supportive that maybe you could name that yes absolutely but that's right that's absolutely right so yes so ending of relationships is a big one uh but transitions of any kind when you're in grief you tend to be a lot more open and susceptible to energies coming in so any if you've experienced a transition of a loved one um stress can just be a breaking down of of our kind of boundary resources. So anything like that, even someone that's trying to open up to dating and going online dating, like, you know, you got, you got to clear and move on quite a bit sometimes. So, you know, something, you may need some help doing that, resetting, you know. Yeah. Moving is a big one. Moving into a new home is a big one. Um, and. And also just astrologically, we just, we're really entering in the, into this major sphere. We're just coming out the other end of it. So, um, you know, this, this Lionsgate energy field, I mean, that, that really whacked a lot of people out and even people that don't, aren't used to talking energy, you know? Yep. It's like someone that I would never dream would be talking of energy knocked on my door the other day and said he needed a clearing. And I was like, <laughs> That is amazing. And for those of you who don't know what Lionsgate is, it happens around August eighth every year, and it's this—it's a a portal essentially. Yeah. Um, but it can be a very dynamic, energetic period. <laughs> yeah. So think about your early August. Yes, this year, and right. maybe think about what was coming up for you, and maybe an energetic yes. clearing would have been supportive <laughs> during that time. That's right. <laughs> and actually, so we've been pummeled for a bit, and I'm not sure that's really going away. I think this is the new norm, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what's coming up again for me is like people who are going through divorces, litigation, uh, lawsuits, anything like that. It's really important to get clearing, clearing from. Yeah, I had a clearing, I think, once with you because I had, a, had to get a restraining order against someone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was a situation where I was like, I don't really want their energy in my field. Right. <laughs> you know. Exactly. <clears throat> and then also going kind of talking in a more personal way with myself, I got breast cancer a couple of years ago and I realized with working with the right people that it was really a lineage-based can- cancer. And so, you know, you can also start to clear lineage energies that are just taking hold too much in your space, in your experience, and to be able to disconnect and clear those so that you don't have to fulfill an obligation to anyone in your lineage field anymore. Yep. And, and for those of you that want more information on that, you can look at intergenerational trauma and epigenetics and the way that right. you know disease patterns can be passed down. Yeah. In subtle ways through the physical body. (laughs) That's exactly it. So speaking of, you know, physical energy and subtle energy, 
how, you know, you obviously interrelate and, and play with both of them all the time, but how would you explain the difference, differences between them? And have you had any big aha moments on your own and in your own practice of how, you know, creating a subtle change leads to a physical shift or vice versa, creating a physical shift leads to um, maybe a more subtle energy change? Well, the, the subtle energies are the ones that are, they're electric, magnetic, it's a pulsing atmosphere that's around the body. It moves between the chakra system. It allows energy to move and then it moves out into your auric field and beyond even. Um, and it uh, moves in waves and so but it's very subtle you have to do some training to kind of get into an awareness of that yeah this is not easily describable really but the physical the physical energies are what you know how it feels to sit on this chair how does the leg feel how does it feel to stand on this cement floor and so if i'm thinking about for example, if I often when I work on humans or animals, I'm thinking about this dog I worked on the other day. The dog was having shoulder pain. So then you can take the paw or you can take the, the base of the spine. You can do this with a human too, obviously. You can kind of, even with your eyes, connect the dots between the two areas mm -hmm. and then just gently encourage the animal to release the pain where the where the animal wants to release the pain. So, or if I'm working on a human, I say, where does the, where, where does the pain want to leave the system? And then that person may say, oh, I think, I don't know why I'm getting this, but I've got shoulder pain, but I don't know why I'm getting this, Heather. And I'll say, what is it? It's my little finger. And I'll say, great, let's travel. Let's have it travel down and exit the little finger. And so you move into this kind of realm that's very mystical and you may track it, you may kind of copy the uh, runway with the other hand and just keep encouraging the energy to the subtle energy to kind of move with the intention of releasing out a different part of the body. And the more you do it, you know, the, I really believe anyone can do energy work. You can really start to see it see it lighten up, colors will lighten up, shadows will release. Um, there might be a sensation in the body of tingling or whatever that is, but physically the body hasn't moved. This is a release from the subtle energies helping energy escape out the body. Yeah, it's reminding me of acupuncture nodes, working with the meridians again and working right. with the subtle energy you know, the subtle body structures just in different ways. And um, so with your example that you gave, it's like as you move the subtle energy out of the shoulder and out the finger, it may manifest in a change in physical sensation for the shoulder. Right. It, it, it allows a gateway of energy to open up and, um, and, and it allows the pain a pathway out of the system. Through just encouragement and conversation and an openness. Yeah, and awareness of it too. And I mean, awareness, that's right. Awareness and intention can go so far. <laughs> right. Even if you're working with subtle energies, if you're somebody that feels energy like lands, I'm one of these people. I can feel like energy will land on my chest very, very quickly. And so even if you just place your palms outwards, uh, facing outwards from the chest, and just take a breath and with the intention, just move 
whatever feels too heavy on the chest, take a breath and just push that energy just very slightly with a lot of grace, just further away from your feel. That's subtle energy. Now I feel all over my hands, fingertips, palms, and my heart feels relieved. Mm, a little weight lifted off of it. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's subtle energy, you know. And all I did was all I did was that, right? Yeah. Well, and subtle energy, you know, I'm sensitive to it too. So it's like I realize how often it comes up in our day to day experiences. But sometimes um, it can be helpful for people to have containers specifically for practicing in, just to build that sense of awareness, right? You know, whether it's yoga or energy healing session or acupuncture, um, you start to realize how interrelated everything is. That's right. That's right. Exactly. So can you tell us a little bit about, um, I know you, t- you tapped on this in your story, but how has community or lack thereof, you know, played a role in your healing arts journey? Yeah, it's interesting. It hasn't, it, it's played a more, a bigger role since I've gotten older with it. I think I got, um, I was never one to be, uh, a member of any kind of club or, um, kind of guru settings, like was never really my thing at all. I, I, I never felt comfortable with a teacher saying my way or no way. I did get caught in that situation with a group of people at some point in my early training. And it took me a long time to kind of remove myself energetically from that. Yep. So after that, I really felt like I wanted to explore my own training individually with different teachers and keep a lot of um, free flow energy around it. But I have a lot of people from different backgrounds that I absolutely adore who are part of my community. We're just not all together practicing the same thing, so to speak. Yeah. So I, I do, yeah. So, you know, each to his own, but I would say, I, I, I would say to be wary of, um, you know, if I was teaching a student about energy work and they wanted to explore, I would say, absolutely. You want a teacher that's going to say, go do what you want to do. Just I wouldn't get too stuck in any one modality, um, especially in this day and age. Uh, keep learning and adjusting and playing. And if you could go back and tell a younger version of you that was just, you know, starting out on your healing arts journey, anything, what would it be? <sighs> Don't worry so much. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I spent so much time worrying that I was making it up, that I wasn't trusting my own uh, gut sense about things, um, that, you know, I was full of shit, basically, or that it wasn't really real what was happening. I spent so much time working through that kind of thing. Yeah, and I think that's really common. I mean, just given really the common. culture that we live in, you know, you're oh, getting yeah. hit, hit from those kind of beliefs yeah, from all course. angles. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think, yeah, what would I say? Yeah, don't worry so much. Have, have, some, have, have, more, have more fun, you know. Love that. Have more fun. Try and play more with this world of energy. You know, it's it's really a playground. What practices help you to stay embodied? Oh, gosh. Well, I have this 
a check-in, basically, an energy check-in, where I scan the body, I wake up, I see how it feels, see what's going on, uh, grounding cord work, and I have this amazing copper pyramid from Twisted Sage. Um, and so I'll sit under there and I'll, I'll just get quiet. Sometimes I'll meditate. Uh, walking, you know, being out in nature, that's part of my everyday practice. And, um, yeah, any of those, any of the above. Those all make me really excited. (laughs) (laughs) You've touched on, you know, some of the other healing arts practitioners that you've learned from or worked with. And you've kind of answered this question, I think, making, you know, saying, don't go with someone that says my way or the highway. But how do you discern which other healing arts practitioners to like receive sessions from yourself? Oh, I think it's trust the gut. I really do. I think it's trust the gut. Because not everyone is going to speak your language and people are going to be in different points in their lives as well. So, you know, take your time. There, There's, you know, there was a situation a few years back where I was looking for a practitioner and I just really wasn't sure. And I kept getting this feeling that we weren't quite aligned in the right place. Uh, her practice was great, but her personal one-on-one just fell off to me. And so I literally had, instead of just running off, I, I worked with it. And I realized oh, I wasn't presenting myself as the highest being that I could. And the moment I moved into that, it turned out to be okay. But I think it is a process. Yeah, trust your gut. Trust your gut. There isn't any right or wrong in this, except that if you do draw in a teacher that's too overbearing, everyone's got their own lessons, me included. But yeah, it's yeah. it's interesting. You know, w- watch what you're pulling in. Mm-hmm. Watch what you're pulling in and get curious about that. All right. So we're going to head into our rapid fire questions. Oh, These okay. Are quick questions. Oh, quick questions. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Well, whatever comes to mind first, short and sweet. What is your human design? Oh my gosh, I have no idea. What is my human design? You're a generator. Oh, I'm a generator. Thank you. That's great. You need to tell me what that means. (laughs) What is your favorite place in nature to be in? Yes. So I would say Bolinas Point Reyes. Mm, Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. What is your beverage of choice right now? It's really boring. It's sparkling water and apple juice. Ooh, I need to try that. (laughs) What is your top tip for good energy hygiene? Water, water, water. Clear with water, walk in water, bathe in water. Use the intention to clear with water. Mm -hmm. And how would you define healing? Oh, gosh. Communicating with yourself in order to release energy. Love that. Communicating with yourself in order to release energy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, Heather, where can people find you and what services are you, you know, what are your offerings? So, you can find me at, uh, at my website, which is heathermccall.com. I clear animals, I work with people, and I clear spaces, and I work remotely and in person. Love it. And if you want to oh, find me on Instagram. Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the McCool underscore energy work. 
Yeah, and go check it out. Tell me what my Instagram is. I have no idea. I love your Instagram. It's fun (laughs) to see the little photos from your days and your stories. And I know I've gotten so much just out of working with you, you know, personally on clearing me. When Lulu was in the picture, you've always helped tremendously. You've helped with various spaces that we've lived in and you've just been such a big support in so many energetic ways. And you're always bring such a playful and lighthearted reminders to the sessions, which I know I need and I appreciate. Um, and it's just an absolute honor and pleasure to have you Aww. co-create an episode here today. So thank you, Heather. <laughs> thank you. That was fun. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Exploring Healing Arts podcast. I hope that our words, our stories, and the wisdom shared on today's episode inspire you and support you in feeling connected. If you loved this episode, please leave us a five-star review so we can reach more people. And as a thank you for listening, join me for a mini course on energy hygiene. You get three simple practices you can do anywhere, anytime to support you in feeling more grounded, connected to yourself, and confident in your energetic boundaries. Sign up at energyhealingelizabeth.com slash energyhygiene. Thanks for being here today, and I look forward to being with you again soon. The primary purpose of the Exploring Healing Arts podcast is to inspire and educate. As a reminder, the information and opinions shared on this podcast are not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We encourage you to speak with your doctor for professional medical advice or treatment. Opinions offered on this podcast are just that, opinions.